protect your home. Brought to you by the National Fair Housing Alliance and the Ad Council. Look for the bare necessities. The bare necessities of healthy living are easier than you think. You better believe it. And the food pyramid shows you the way. With just the right amount of exercise and the necessary grains, vegetables, fruits, milk, and meats and beans. Just the bare necessities of life. So eat right, be active, and have fun. Yeah, man. For your own path to a healthier you, visit MyPyramid.gov. This is really living. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Agriculture and the Ad Council. TalkZone.com Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet light-hearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. There is a lot of stuff to recap over the weekend. Football, college basketball, and Adam, I know you're very excited about the second and third exhibition games of the season as the spring training baseball has taken off too. Welcome everybody, two guys at a mic here on the talkzone.com. It's the coach joined by Adam Hogue today. Adam, you were a big part of the show first a couple of months. We haven't seen you for a while. We kind of have a rotating co-host thing going on. Great to have you back in studio, and you're looking awfully good. By the way, since you've been here, say hi to the ladies out there. We are now webcasting, my friend. Yeah, apparently I'm on camera. I, you know, usually when ladies. I come here, Coach, you know when I come here, I'm usually in sweatpants and, like, cut-off T-shirt or something yeah, like but that. You, but I you, put on some clothes today. You wear old sweatpants very well, so don't kid yourself. I appreciate that. Yeah. You you do cheap clothing extremely well. Well, See, that, now that that's what I strive for. Huh? That's what I strive for in life. <laughs> Now that you're dressed up, I'm not quite sure you look as well, but uh, great to see you. We do have a lot of female listeners tuning in. He's young, he's single, he's eligible, he's good looking. Well, two out of four is not bad. He is Adam Ho here on the uh, TalkZone.com. We'll let you figure out which two of those four. By the way, speaking of dressing up, speaking of costume, I'm going to assume as a hardworking professional sports talk guy, you did not watch the Academy Awards yesterday, but I didn't. Some of the outfits. The designers, you know, who spend, they probably spend, you know, three years designing these dresses. Mm-hmm. And these actresses who, it's just my personal taste, feel free to differ. Who most of them, I think, are, are very, very pretty. Sandra Bullock, as an example, beautiful young lady. And then they get all made up with the makeup in these dresses. And to me, 78.5% of their beauty is taken away. Some of the most ridiculous looks you've ever seen. Yeah, you know, this is actually one of the reasons why I don't really watch a lot of these award shows that often i just the whole the whole glamour aspect of the whole thing just gets completely overblown you look at them coming down the red carpet and it's just like mm-hmm. is, is that even considered a dress or is that like a bed sheet you just <laughs> you rolled out of bed you just you, you made a couple snips in the bed sheet and you put it over yourself uh-huh. and and that's honestly what some of these people look like yeah and you th- and you and in any movie you see that these actresses are in they look great. Yes. And then they come to the award show where they're mm-hmm. supposed to be awarded for that performance in that movie, and they mm-hmm. look horrible. But so you're my opinion, but there are people I'm assuming that think it makes them look more beautiful. That this is a attractive look. I would like if any of our listeners out there and be perfectly honest with you, do you find that look with the fancy dresses and the makeup and the hair all 
done in different ways. Do you find that attractive? Does it make some of those actresses look more attractive? It doesn't work for me. I know that. But maybe there's some listeners out there. 888 The phone number, the Academy Awards, right there for you. The Hurt Locker, by the way. The big winner yesterday. Yeah. I heard it beat out Avatar. Now, I didn't see The Hurt Locker. I saw Avatar. Mm-hmm. And Avatar is the kind of movie that I'm not, I'm not really a sci-fi guy. Don't really get into it. But I was pretty impressed. I saw it in 3D and the whole IMAX thing. Mm-hmm. And it was tough to come away from it being like, that's a bad movie. I mean, I don't know if I, I put it in my top 10 best movies of all time. But mm-hmm. it was pretty good. And apparently The Hurt Locker must be even better because it won. And, and a lot of people were happy that it beat out Avatar. Yeah, well, it was the David versus the Goliath, if you put it in a sports sense. And we can do that today in any of our folks. We'll talk some sports here. Lots to get to. But uh, certainly if you want to jump off the sports page, we uh, if you're familiar with this show, we do that early and often on occasion. You want to talk some Academy Awards, anything you saw. Last night, movies you liked, you didn't like, actresses, actors, things, uh, good, bad, ugly, or anywhere in the vast in-between, 888-463-6748, the phone number. And, of course, you can email us at Mike2GuysAOL.com, M-I-C in the number two, Mike2GuysAOL.com. But, yeah, the Hurt Locker knocked off Avatar. It was Chaminade over Georgetown. It was the New Jersey Nets knocking off the L.A. Lakers. A low-budget film that got no pop. There was no big Yeah, movie. I didn't even hear about it until it got nominated. Ex- well, okay. Okay, I started to hear about it a little bit before it got nominated as a, I don't know if it was a foreign film, but there's there's a name for it, and low-budget is not the proper name. But it didn't have the big... Well, is it an independent film? Yes, is that, thank you. Is that what it is? Thank okay. you. It didn't have a big you know, studio production behind it yeah. that markets it and sends three or four of their stars on the Jay Leno show, David Letterman show, and the George Lopez show. By the way, George Lopez show, the situation comedy, George Lopez, outstanding. The George Lopez talk show. <clears throat> Moving on to the next subject. <laughs> um but the Hurt Locker, again, in sports terms, unbelievable upset, unbelievable, uh, you know, even the, the two guys who, they didn't direct it because it was a female director. Catherine Bigelow was the first female director, I want to say, ever, ever, 82 years of the Oscar, first female director to win it. So congrats to Catherine Bigelow. But the two guys that were the producers, I guess you would say, and they had mentioned how uh, when they started this film, they took a chance, you know, all that stuff in the underdog story. And they wanted to get this story out and they and bring some new actors in, but never, never in their wildest dreams, it wasn't even in their their uh, uh, goals or objectives to be standing up there on the award ceremony for the Oscars. They just wanted to put a good little movie out there, and it caught fire and it got hotter and hotter and more people saw it. And uh, it's an amazing story. And, and again, you know, it, it, we see stuff like that in sports all the time, underdog teams that you think have no chance of winning it, coming from behind at any level, high school, college, or pro. And they're so inspirational, that movie, and uh, the people behind it, very similar to that, Adam. A great story. And the, David slew Goliath last night. Isn't that kind of what happened last year, too, with the uh... – what movie was was that? With and I, I saw it and I'm oh like, yeah 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 the, uh, the, 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 the like, who wants to be a millionaire yes. but the the Very Indian similar. version Slum, Slumdog Millionaire Slumdog Millionaire great movie isn't that kind of the same? That yeah, was a low budget film yeah, and it kind of came. Did that win his best movie? Yes, it did. I think Can't it did. It. I think it did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it did. It okay. Did. Okay. Slumdog Millionaire. So that's two years in a row. Yeah. Two years in a row. That's, Take that, uh, James Cameron. Yeah. Put all the money you want in any uh-huh. film. Yeah. Oh, don't feel too bad for James Cameron. I think the uh, <laughs> considering the numbers coming out of uh, how's it pronounced Avatar. 
Avatar. Avatar. Yeah. Uh, I think James Cameron and everybody in that film is doing just fine. Thank you very much. But yeah, I, I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it would, I'd, it would, lo- I'd love to be James Cameron. I, I'd be I'd be fine not having an Oscar and being James Cameron. I'd like to be any one of James Cameron's. How many does he have? Like six ex-wives at this point. Every movie he starts, he usually ends out. In a new <laughs> yeah. Not a bad gig. Well, if then he, I think he has more than six. Then. Mm-hmm. All right. So maybe maybe the uh, Hurt Locker is a premonition. As we carry it over to the sports world, you know, a little upset in the Academy Award. Maybe we can put together a film, win an Academy Award by well, next year. I've got lots of ideas. We got the camera rolling right now. Let's do yeah. something. And don't forget our partner, uh, the normal co-host on the show, Joel Radwanski, the big dog, actor wannabe. This could be his big breakthrough. I'll be the producer. You'll I don't be know the if director. he'd be our lead actor, though. Huh? I don't think he'd be our lead actor. No. We can probably do better. No. We'll get a female lead. <laughs> our film's going to have like five female leads, and then uh, Joel will get a very small part. And, it, and he will have his clothing on throughout the entire thing. <laughs> I'll be producer, you be director. All we need is a financier, someone to financially back it. If you are interested in dumping some money, I'm sorry, in putting some money into our movie project here, dial it up at 888-463-6748. You, too, can be the financier, and I guarantee you, when we accept the Academy Award next year, maybe it'll take two years, to be honest with you. I don't know if we can pull it off. All right, let's year. be realistic. Two years. We, we can will do promise to thank all the little people out there. Mickey Rooney. Do we have to do it on stage, though? Because that really bothers me. Yeah, absolutely. Got to thank the little people. We'll thank our financier. And don't worry, David Olson, our producer, I'll thank you, too. Yeah, by the way, David Olson back. I don't know if you're aware or not, Adam, but uh, last week, Randy Myers filling in for our regular producer, David Back. The old Cubs closer? Uh, was not. Uh, believe me, this Randy Myers, our Randy Myers, yeah. much more effective than the Cubs closer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but they both throw right-handed, if it makes any difference. But, David, you had a uh, great vacation. Many of our female listeners were concerned about you. Oh, yeah, good vacation. Very, very uh, okay. relaxing. We had a little uh, dynamite drop-in. <laughs> we had a little email uh, contest. We were deba- We didn't know why you were gone for the week. It was, A, that you uh, had been suspended. B, that after doing this show for two months, you were away for a mandatory psychological leave. Or C, you were actually getting time off for good behavior and actually having a well-deserved vacation. All excellent choices. All of them, yeah. <laughs> Probably a little of all three, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Adam, let's talk some sports here over the weekend. Uh, it's got to start with the – well, I, guess I was going to say you got to start with college basketball. Maybe it doesn't because the weekend really started on Friday with a lot of NFL agents uh, – Free agents, I should say, signing with different teams. And right here in the city of Chicago, we probably, is it safe to say the Bears were uh, the most uh, free agently active team in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, they were the story of the weekend, no doubt about it. Especially, you know, Friday afternoon, everything was kind of centering on what was going on in Chicago because the Bears immediately pulled in Julius Peppers and Chester Taylor into the city. You know, they were here Friday morning. And the reports were coming out early that it was going to be done by the afternoon, and sure enough, by five o'clock, they had a uh, they had a press conference over at Hal's Hall, and they bring in uh, Brandon Molly Manalu. Hey, blue. You know, I've been saying this name all. I worked all weekend long, okay, and I've been I've been saying this name all right all weekend, and now I'm going to screw it up. Manu Maleuna. God bless you. There it is. That's the last take, time I'm saying his name. Take, the take whole two hour. and take two and call me in the morning. Well, anyway, they also <laughs> they also bring in Dr. Peppers. Yes, and um, and I, you know, it, 
these are two great signings, I think, for the Bears. It, immediately when fr- when the season ended and you started talking about free agencies, it, the two fits that everyone was kind of talking about was Julius Peppers and Chester Taylor. And then the Bears came out and they gave their fans this crap about how they weren't going to be big in free agency, but then they were going to up the ticket prices, which, you know, upset everyone. It w- understandably, but then you know, within just a few hours of free agency starting, they do bring in these two big guys, and I think mm-hmm. it's it's tough to argue that it's it's not at least a step in the right direction for the Bears. Now, three years from now, will people be looking at the situation and being, hey, remember when we gave Julius Peppers too much money? Mm-hmm. That you know what that happens a lot, and that's just the way it works, I guess, in the NFL. I like what Jerry Angelo said in the uh, the media. Let us not forget, and uh, we're, you know, I'm not really part. Of the media, Adam, you're a little bit more, but uh, if we self-depreciate, then so be it. But the media is a bunch of yahoos. Let us not forget that. Bunch I'm definitely of, a yahoo. Huh? Yeah, a yeah, bunch yeah, of blabbering, yeah. uh, you know, idiots. We're all trying to get our own gig going, and, and I understand some of them are hardworking professionals, no question about it. But we're not on the inside. We're a bunch of yahoos, and speculation is pretty much what we do. And you know, the Bears had to make a splash. They had to make a splash for publicity because everything's down now. They had to make a splash. And I like what Jerry Angel said. It wasn't about making a splash. It was about making our team better. It was about trying to win games for next year. Right. And that kind of cut through all the crap. Now, and I don't think anyone can argue with Julius Peppers, Chester Taylor, and Benny Bihanawanawanawano. What's his name again? Manu Maleuna. Thank you very much. Um, The Bears are a better team, and they have a chance of winning more games. The question is... The money spent. Yeah. Julius Pepper, six years, 91 million? 92? Something like that. He's basically making 12 million a year. I like the point five. I, I love the point five, by the way. <laughs> not 91, not 92 million, but they always, it's 92.5. Well, he's not 92.2. Huh? 92.2. You know, I, I, yeah. Point five is better than point two. Well, I know, but I love, I would love to be in the negotiation when, you know, when it's that high. Yeah. You know, are they dickering over then? Do they just compromise? Yeah, we and need then, that extra 500 grand. Yeah. Sorry. And then the other ironic part about that is they just throw that in. All right, 0.5, 0.2, all right, take 0.5. For everybody else, that <laughs> extra, that 300,000 in between, okay? For you and me, Adam, that's about right. six years of doing this show, right? I'll take a 0.05 yeah, exactly. right now. Exactly. For the year, and I'll be good. Part, sad, part sad, part irony, but there you go. 92.5, <laughs> let's call it. But, uh, so money-wise... No question, I think that, you know, anyone's feel free to argue that it's going to help the Bears win. They pick up an impact defensive end. But did they overpay? And in the long run, might we suffer down the road? What if these guys don't produce? Julius Peppers going to be motivated after getting that much money? Well, here's what I like about the Peppers contract is it's very incentive laden with winning, you know, things like sacks, how many sacks he racks up in a year, winning defensive player of the year is in his contract too. These are all incentives. And I've always found specifically in the NFL, those is incentives because these are, you know, the nice thing about NFL contracts for us fans, I guess, is that there's only a certain amount of guaranteed money. There's not, you know, you don't sign a contract and get all of it if you get hurt right away. So you got to earn that money, a lot of incentives. And in this contract that he signed with the Bears, there's, there's more incentive for him to play better than there was when he was in North Carolina. Now on the flip side, what? What? There, there was more incentive money-wise than when he was at North Carolina. Well, or Carolina. He, oh, okay. Because <laughs> he played college. Ball I said in when North he Carolina. was in North Carolina. Oh, okay. This, you know the state. I, you... I know. Well, I'm sure he uh, 
Sure, he got paid to in North Carolina. That's, that's why I smiled a little bit, even though you didn't look like you were trying to be humorous. <laughs> well, well, I do that often, Coach. Uh, but on the, the flip side, they also the problem with Peppers in Carolina, we'll keep it at that, was that he got criticized a lot for not liking to be under the spotlight, not really being a leader. And that kind of stuff doesn't work well, not only in the city of Chicago, but with the media that covers the Bears and the fans that are around the Bears team. And if he comes in with that kind of attitude, it's just not going to work here, and that's going to well, be a problem from the start. I don't know if I agree with you on that, uh, uh, longtime host Adam Hogue. By the way, WGNWSCR amongst your uh, places that you work at here in the city of Chicago. But no, I don't know if I agree with that. I think I, I think. I could speak for many of Chicago Bear fans. He could shut his mouth pretty well. But be a nice guy. Don't be a jerk. But you don't have to be a media hound. Uh, what was the other thing you said? His reputation? Being, well, not oh, being a leader. I okay. mean, uh, and, and, and I shouldn't say leader. Outspoken. His his okay. teammates would criticize that's, him for not being outspoken. That's fine. I, again, I think I could speak for most of the. Uh, I don't care if I can or not. I will anyways. I'll speak for most Bear fans out there and say he doesn't have to be the leader of that defense. Let Brian Erlocker and Lance Briggs take charge. Uh, but if he plays hard with a motor consistently and puts pressure on the quarterback consistently, I think most Chicago Bear fans would be pretty happy with that. So but that's the problem. I... He's been accused of taking plays off, now, games off. Now you're in the territory number three. That's an issue. Yeah. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Maybe you can get away with that stuff when you're playing in Carolina. But yes, and and, and here's the interesting, Coach. Friday night, uh, you know, I was working over at the score, and we we were looking at some of the message boards for Carolina Panther fans mm-hmm. to see what their reaction was. They're happy to get rid of them, yep. and that's what I thought was interesting because you're talking about a Pro Bowl defensive end, a guy that. You know, the Bears need, and I mean, I really think that he makes a lot of players on this defense better. I think it's really going to have, it's going to do more than just added a good defensive end to the team. But when you look at what the Panther fans were saying, they were kind of happy to see him go. What were some of the main things? Well, I I can't like quote anything off the top of my head right now, but it kind of goes along the same basis of what we were just talking about. You know, this guy did not play hard all the time, and we want we want someone that's willing to bring it 100% every single play of the game, and 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 also the issue of being outspoken and being a leader on the team. It kind of you know we and we saw this last night with Demetri McCain in Illinois, just not looking at your coach when you're getting yelled at, things like that, just. Lacking some leadership skills that when you're, look, he was the leader of that defense. I mean, at least he should have been. I don't know if he was, but that kind of player that he was for that defense in Carolina, he should have been the leader. And I think that's why he was criticized because he wasn't, he didn't really bring those qualities to the table. Here in Chicago, by the way, the lack of uh, defensive ends playing hard every down. It's, uh, we have a name for that disease, actually. It's called the Richard Dentitis. Yeah. So we've been through that before about uh, 20 years ago and it, well we're talking out, about potential Hall of Famer. Yeah, it worked out pretty good I was going to say, but but as a fan there's no excuse. Right. Oh, it's okay, you know, everybody takes a couple of players up. No, there's there's no excuse you're getting paid that much. First of all, half the game you're on uh, off the field. Right? Half the game right. you're off the not like basketball where the star player is playing, you know, 80% of the minutes. Sometimes out there all the time. So, you know, there's no excuse for not playing hard every player. And I will add to this, and again, you want to talk some football free agent signings. If you're not here in the fine city of Chicago, listening in an NFL city somewhere, and you want to talk about your particular team, what they did and or did not do, we have football expert here, Adam Ogue. 
He's not really an expert, but he yeah, plays one ten to eleven every Monday here <laughs> on the uh, TalkZone.com. Dial it up at eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. And again, you can email us at Mike Two Guys AOL.com. M I C number two AOL.com. I think sacks is the most overrated statistic in football, maybe in sports. You know, I had nine sacks on the season, so he gets paid this much. This guy had twelve sacks on the season. You know, first of all. You'd have to go back and look at the tape. I would bet half of the sacks that a player gets, if it's six, three of them on an average. If it's 12, six of them. If it's nine, 4.5 of them are at garbage time when it doesn't count. How many of those sacks come at impact time? Okay. Am I, is that about right? 50%? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, maybe. So, I don't so know. we're going to talk. A guy had a great season with 11 sacks. So we're really talking five or six significant sacks the entire season. Maybe one every three games. Overrated. Hurries are what count. Yeah. Pressure on the quarterback. Here's the stat that they need for a rush defensive end for rush linemen. If somebody wants to break it down, each play, you give a one through five system on how much they pressure the quarterback, how much did they impact the play. Okay? All right. Uh, Dan Hampton got a four on that play, a three. He was completely blocked out of one on this play. Sacked the quarterback, five. Got to the quarterback, almost nailed him, forced an incomplete pass, 4.5. See where I'm going? Yeah. And now you give defensive ends, hey, this guy's a, a 3.8. This guy's a 4.2. Based on an average of every single, call it a passing play, if you want to judge how they pass around. That's an indicator, not sacks. Well, here's what I'll tell you on that, and it, it's a it's a great idea. Yes, it which is. is why, which is why Outstanding idea. I came we, up with it myself, by the way. Well, actually, I was about to say you didn't because, what? <laughs> because what? coaches right now have a version of that that they use when they go when they go back and they look at film on Monday morning they th- they're grading each player kind of on a scale like that so when when we talk about it and we immediately go to you know the, the the stat websites and we look at the stats when when they're in negotiations and sure those stats matter but there's more that goes into it I mean these coaches and these general managers all have seen the film they've seen the grades that the coaches have given them. so there's there's more that go that go into it but I will agree that, you know, when you look at the incentives in Pepper's deal, there isn't anything about, well, you got to get a three on every play based on the grading scale you just gave. There's nothing like that. It is based on sacks. So in, in a lot of ways, that that is kind of overrated when you talk about at least the money that a guy makes. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, other agents or other uh, big players, I should say, free agents that signed elsewhere, Anquan Bolden. Very, very good wide receiver. A couple of years ago, people were talking about him. Maybe as you know, one of the top receivers in the NFL. He signs with the Baltimore Ravens. That's going to help Joe Flacco and company. Aaron Campman, a impact defensive end. I like him a lot. He signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Chester Taylor came to the Chicago Bears. Good running back. Uh, and I think most people agree now, uh, Adam, you need two good running backs, unless you've got one superstar. You need two good ones to win in the NFL. The Bears now have two, and if Kevin Jones is healthy, they could have three, no great backs, but three good ones. Right, and and the thing about Chester Taylor is that he is used to being you know, a one-two punch. I mean, Because that job was his in Minnesota before Adrian Peterson just fell into the laps of the Minnesota Vikings in that draft that year. They just kind of, he slipped that far, and the Vikings are like, well, we can't pass on him, and with good reason. They took him, and no one's regretting that decision. So then Chester Taylor went back to being a 1-2, but he really understands that 
that's a good thing. I mean, you look at him. He's what now 30, 31 years old, but the mileage he has on him is more like a you know 27 year old probably. So th- that's a good signing for the Bears, especially when you look at look Matt Forte still going to get playing time. I wouldn't be surprised if Chester Taylor's your number one back going into next season, but but they're 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 both going to get playing time, and it's going to be a good one-two punch. See, I'm hoping, and I don't know Chester Taylor that well, but I'm hoping that the fact you know your first statement. Well, he's used to being the number two guy. That's a role he's comfortable with. That doesn't throw me. That doesn't throw me. It's a nice role, and that's something they need. But what are they paying for him? Six million dollars a year. What I'm hoping is that Chester Taylor left the Minnesota Vikings for fairly equivalent money to come over to the Chicago Bears because he realized, hey, I got a shot at being the number one guy. I want to be the number one running back. I hope that we get a running back. That motivated or not. I don't know if he can beat Matt Forte out, but you know what I'm saying? That's the kind. I hope he's not just satisfied with being, okay, I'll be a good complimentary number two guy. I want a guy who wants to prove he can be number one. The Bears need that. Well, I think he knows that that's there for the taking, and I'm sure that went into his decision. That Look, like you just said, you don't get $6 million. If you get $6 million, that, that contract that he signed on Friday, he's, he's the number one back right now. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sorry, Matt Forte. And... and, and you're both going to have the opportunity to compete, and that's why I like this signing so much, because Matt Forte, maybe he got a little comfortable. It was somewhat of a sophomore slump. Turns out he was hurt a little bit in his knee throughout the season. He was playing with that. But now it's like, all right, look, we just signed Chester Taylor. you got to get you got to get your butt out there and work hard, and, and that's what I think this is going to be one of the more competitive mm-hmm. spots. And as you saw last season, sure, you could have Jay Cutler throw the ball, but this is still Chicago, and the Bears need to be able to run the football. There's got to be some running game there, mm-hmm. and there was none last year whatsoever. By the way, with Jay Cutler throwing the ball, I think another thing the Bears need to pick up is the guy holding the uh, stick and also holding the football on the sidelines. Those two guys need to have better hands. <laughs> Because with Jay Cutler, football's flying around. We need to get a couple of guys out there who can actually catch some of those. All right. We're taking a quick break. David Olson back in the seat is our producer. 25 minutes into the show, Adam. And already, already we have covered fashion in the Academy Awards and all the bad dresses we saw. We covered the brilliance of a David knocks off Goliath. Who would have thunk a Cinderella story of a movie called The Hurt Locker? And we've completely analyzed free agent signings over the weekend. That's not bad for 26 minutes of work, my friend. That's pretty good work. We should have analyzed what Julius Peppers wore to the Bulls game the other night. Really? Because I had a dream last night combining the Julius Peppers signing and the Academy Awards. (laughs) I dreamt of Julius Peppers wearing the Jennifer Lopez dress last night. Wow. That is awesome. Showed a little bit too much hip for me. What was he wearing at the the Bears game? Or what game? It's the Bulls game. What was he wearing? Saturday. I don't know. He's got a a big smile, doesn't he? Oh, man. He is smiley. All right, we'll take a quick break. Adam Hogan, the coach for webcasting. Say hi to the fans, Adam. Hello. At least wave.
lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. All right, welcome back. Two Guys and a Mic. Adam Hope joining us first time in a while for the young aid train who, um, couple of different radio jobs, but you did lose your hockey announcing job. I don't know how much you want to get into it, but the minor league hockey team that was employing you right. is no longer employing you. In fact, apparently, they're no longer employing anyone. <laughs> I hate to laugh at the misfortune. The the Well, the funny thing is, is they somehow... But apparently, tra- I am laughing at the misfortune. Well, that's fine. Uh, they they <laughs> somehow actually went on for about three months without anyone realizing that they weren't really employing anyone. Who was they and once again? Well, the, I don't want to get into names, but ah, the, there, okay. there are two Chicago police officers in this city that happen to uh, own this team in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So it was a minor league hockey team? Minor league hockey team. I, I, this part I did not know, owned by a couple of Chicago police officers. Right. Apparently they thought the, they, well... The plot thickens? You know, may, I don't know. Maybe they're cops. They think that they can get away with... I don't know. But... They basically, I, as far as I know, the players never got paid. The coach never got paid. I got paid a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it was just an ugly situation from the start. Here, here's the advice to anyone out there that is starting any kind of business, let alone a sports franchise. Oh, okay, even if it's minor league sports, whatever, anything. I don't care if you open up a bar, a restaurant, a flower shop. You can't expect to make money the first day, let alone the first year. Okay? That's just like business 101. Two, you need to hire more than three people, especially if this is a sports franchise. You can't just hire two people and then like think that you're just going to get a bunch of volunteers to come in and, and, and work their butts off, especially when you're not even in the same. I mean, these guys were in Chicago the whole time, mm-hmm. just expecting everything to get done. One of the worst run businesses I've ever could or, imagine. Organizations? Yeah, but I'm, I mean, I'm talking about not just sports. Like any business I've ever seen or heard of or mm-hmm. read about, I could not or even think about. I could not imagine a business being run more poorly mm-hmm. than what went down mm-hmm. with this minor league. And you said team. a lot of the players did not get paid and... You know, even if it hits that financial straight and you're not able to pay the players, at least if you're the owners of the team and even if it comes down, you're going to fold and you're not going to be able to play some of the players and some of the employees uh, that, you know, what they are do, what they were promised, at least to me. You've got to sit down. you got to talk to them. you got to communicate with them, explain the situation. If nothing else, a verbal apology. Right. Maybe you can pay them a little money. Maybe you promise in the future, but, you know, just to... To completely flew the coop and not give any explanation for it, leave people unpaid for previous services rendered, right? Yep. Not cool. Not only is it unprofessional, it's unethical, and it's just uh, in regular guy term, it's not cool. Hey, if you screwed up, people screw up. They make mistakes. This mistake uh, happened to affect, you know, 30, 40 people yeah. that worked with the team. So yeah, are you, you including the players part of the thirty forty? Yeah, I'm putting players okay. in there, coaches, a lot of people. And, the, help, and these are the guys team. that that, uh, that did it for a little bit of money. I don't know them. I'm assuming. Feel free to differ. With right, me. no, the players they, go into it knowing that they're not going to make a lot. But the, right, a little bit of money. They did it for love of the game. They're traveling to uh, you know, 
little towns all over in buses, not quality transportation, not high-paying hotels, that they're doing it for love of the game, for a little bit of money, and then all of a sudden three months of play and work, and they get paid zero. And the thing is, is like you just said, at least have the courtesy to return a damn phone call and tell people what's going on. Because there was three weeks where weren't returning my phone calls, weren't returning other people's. They just owed too many people money. They didn't show up to the games the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. And it was like... And and don't let it build up. Don't let it build up. I call it the uh, business one-on-one slash the constipation effect. Don't let it build up. If you know you're short of money, you know well, you, it's it's embarrassing, and you don't want the players to quit on you. But instead of okay, now they've played for a week and you can't pay them, well, you let it go for two, three, a month, five, six. Now all of a sudden they've been playing for six weeks and you owe them for six weeks back pay. Now it's kind of tough. Okay, so better to deal with it in the beginning. You meet with the players after a week and say, hey, here's the deal, guys. You know we're short of money. We want to keep this thing going. Make it a team thing. Like everybody's fighting for it together. Am I right? Would that right. business uh, modem, so so to speak, work a little bit better? In the end, you might not get any more more money, but at least everybody feels a little bit better about it. Maybe. You know, Coach, the most insulting part of it was is after not returning anyone's phone calls for like, I don't know, a month or so, I finally got an email from the owner. And he tries to claim that they paid me. Like, like what am I? Like a, a 14 year old, the tries to he's like, yeah, we paid you through. Uh, he even knew the last game I worked, which I was surprised because he hadn't been there in two weeks, mm-hmm. but he knew that, and he's he tried to claim that they paid me through through that period of time and that I owed them the uh, the equipment back. Mm-hmm. And I and I, and I <laughs> so now he's trying to collect things. Well, from yeah, him. he wanted to collect the equipment so uh-huh. he could hang on to it, baby. get some money back. And hang I was, and I was like, like. Are you like? Are you kidding me? Like I know when I got paid, and you owe me more money than this equipment is worth. So I mean, so on top of insulting everyone by not by disappearing and falling off the face of the earth and not not returning those phone calls, then he comes back trying to treat me like I don't like like I'm some kind of moron. I don't know when I'm getting my own paychecks. And wow, ladies and gentlemen, you want to help a struggling young professional who's out a couple of paychecks right now, Adam Hogue. Single and very much available, even if you're not a female out yeah, there. He painted a great picture for me right there, Coach. I did indeed. If you're an employer looking for a good, hard-working young man, if you can afford to pay him, he's right here for you. 888-463-6748. The phone number, anybody out there, uh, you've had any business horror stories like that uh, on the small business variety in particular, and you want to relay it to us, so that could be our daily quandary for the day, what not to do, what to do. In little business ventures like that. Again, 888-463-6748. The phone number. Handle it with class uh, like you would do any other situation. And that's the moral of the story. Even if it's negative in the end, even if people are going to suffer a little bit, at least have the honesty, the courtesy, the uh, the guts to step outside and, and explain to the folks, the people you're dealing with, what the actual situation is. All right, real quick, can we talk some NFL Let's get to some college basketball last week. The theme of the entire week, David, you weren't here, but it was uh, let the games begin, let the madness of March begin. It did begin in full stead over the weekend, Adam. Lots of good games, tournament action, and some final regular season games. I know you covered the Wisconsin-Illinois game. Yes. So you were there up close and uh, a little bit too personal. I was. According to one of the people you interviewed in the locker room. (laughs) Up close and personal is good, up close and too personal, not so good. Wait till the guy gets out of the shower next time, will you? Well, 
I had I've made that mistake a few times in my life, coach. By the way, was it Dial or what kind of soap was he using? Uh, it's that the new uh, Dove for Men. Really? Yeah. See, that's the kind of up close and personal stories you get from Adam. But uh, <laughs> uh, the Fighting Illini lost to Wisconsin. We should mention in the Big Ten for the Big Ten fans out there, Michigan State beat Michigan. Season is over. The regular season over. Three way tie for first. And Adam, when I read that, you know what? That's almost the way it should end because those three teams were clearly the three best in the Big Ten, and I don't think anyone had an advantage over the other. So maybe justice is served by a three-way tie. Yeah, it's uh, it, it it was just a weird, weird year. I mean, you look at the top four teams in the conference; all four of them had their best player miss a game at some, at least one game. And Michigan State had the best of the world of all worlds because Kalen Lucas only missed one game. Evan Turner was out for a long period of time. Robbie Hummel is now out for the season, and that's just awful for. I mean, they still end up winning the Big Ten, but you got to really question their chances in the Big Ten tournament now and in the NCAA tournament. To me, that was the best team all season long in the Big Ten until that happened. I thought they'd go to the Final Four from the start of the year, and they were on a long winning streak just as recently as a couple weeks ago when that injury happened, and now they're out. And then Wisconsin had John Lord, their best player, go out for best big player. Yeah, he's the best player on the team. No No. question about it. Oh, yes, there's a lot of questions. Coach, I've been covering this team for five years. He's the best player on the team. He's arguably the best big man in the conference. I've watched this team play for three games this year. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm telling you right now, Trevon Hughes is the number one player on that team. But I will will defer to your expertise. Reluctantly, by the way, very reluctantly. Well, anyway, he's back now. (laughs) But that that injury ended up costing them a chance to have it a four-way tie for the Big Ten. No question about it. They lost two games that they probably would have won had they had them in the lineup. But that's what happens. And, and the other teams weathered the storms with their best guys out, and they won. So you give them credit, and I think you got a good point there. Three-way tie. The the bottom of the Big Ten went down this year. There's no question. It kind of made things, you know, when you look at Michigan, that was a big disappointment. But Boy. the top is phenomenal. And it, th- between those four teams... I think that this weekend in Indianapolis is just up for grabs. Mm-hmm. And you are going to be there covering it for the TalkZone.com and also... If you want to throw that in there too, sure. What do you mean throw that into your Well, I mean, I'm, co- the- I'm working like nine jobs next oh, weekend, okay. so we can just make that the 10th. <laughs> we appreciate Oh, by the way, uh, unlike your hockey owners, I'm going to tell you in advance. We're not paying you. I appreciate that. Very upfront. Yeah, just much. come forward. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, and take our equipment. You can go ahead and take our equipment. <laughs> and keep it if, for all I care. Um, all right. Another college basketball over the weekend. We should mention some teams that are in. Right? Yep. We had some of the first teams that are dancing. They're dancing. The Flames are dancing. Actually, the Flames well, are the not Flames dancing. Are not. The UIC Flames uh, flamed out very quickly. They lost their first game. But I got my notes here. I don't know if I can read my notes. But the Missouri Valley Conference, first of all, Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa, team. impressive. Knocked off Wichita State. They win the, the conference, Shockers. and they are it. Yeah, the shot. Shockers, best nickname in, in college, it's by the way. Cool. Wichita State Shockers. Yeah. Uh, but North, by the way, Northern Illinois, uh, Iowa, I should say. Northern really Iowa. Northern team. Illinois is an awful basketball team. Northern Iowa is a, is a, is a pretty good team. They've been ranked at certain parts of the season this mm-hmm. year, and that's a, that's a tough team to play. In the first round of the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. they um, might they might even end up being like an eight or nine seed, just off the top of my head, thinking about it. Yeah, I think after winning that, first of all, even if they would have lost, yeah, they were good enough where they were going to get in. And one of the that one of the most frustrating question I heard from an announcer, and it's it's very typical. It really, wasn't a bad question, but it's one that bugs me. He uh, talked to Ben Jacobson, 
uh, who's going to have plenty of offers, by the way, if he wants to move to bigger schools. I mean, he's one of the hot young coaches. Yeah. Now, he went to Northern Iowa. Maybe he's going to stick around there. He's got a wife, a couple of kids already, but uh, he, he is definitely one of the top young coaches in the country. But they asked him after winning the championship, Ben, uh, was it hard getting your kids motivated for the game, for the championship game, knowing that your team was already going to be in the tournament? And it bugs me because it's one of my little pet peeves. And, again, you want to talk some college basketball with us. You watched games over the weekend or some big ones coming up. March Madness right here for you, 888-463-6748. But think about that question. Was it hard getting your kids up for the game? Yeah. Because you're already in the tournament. That, implied in that, implied in that is that really the whole season is about making the tournament. See, and I have a different philosophy of it. If I were a coach, this is what I would tell my team. Hey, the NCAA tournament is the carrot at the end. Yeah. Okay. We'd love to make the tournament and win in the national championship. That's the ultimate goal. But, okay, step number one, let's, you know, we, first of all, let's break our season. We want to win this Thanksgiving tournament. Okay. And then we've got our non-conference games. Okay. Big games. Some great rivalries here. And then we've got our conference. Okay. Winning the regular season conference, guys, that's got to be a goal. You put a big emphasis on that. Yeah. Okay. And then at the end of that, separate, separate from the regular season, not part of it, separate. We now at the end of the year are going to have a conference tournament. Okay. A totally separate tournament. But if you're an athlete and you're in a tournament, tournaments are fun and you want to win a tournament because you're a competitor. You don't want to win the tournament. So you can get in the NCAA tournament. I understand for teams that aren't going to get in, that is a big thing. So I, I'm not dumb. I understand that. But you know what I'm getting at? To ask that question was like, it was like belittling a tournament. Yeah, of course you want to win. The NCAAs are coming up later. We know we're in that. We want to win this tournament because it's a tournament with 10 good teams. And when you win a tournament like that, that's what competition's all about. Yeah, you're right. No, you're absolutely right about this. I think for any, I think any coach in college would agree with you. And in fact, I think that they would put, the conference tournament uh, as the number one goal, you know, starting the summer, not 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 the Thanksgiving tournament. I think that's a goal as part of the season. But, but when you're when you're, as soon as the cat, as soon as you lose this year, okay, you're out of the tournament this year. Your season's over. I think the next morning they're talking about. Well, at least I know this is true with Bo Ryan in Wisconsin. They're talking about winning the Big Ten next year. Yes, that that's the goal right there. And then sure enough, you have yeah, you have Thanksgiving tournament, but win the Big Ten. And then okay, a couple weeks ago. The Badgers. When you say win the Big Ten, the regular season. The regular season, okay. Big Ten. And a couple weeks ago, Wisconsin, well, actually, it wasn't even until this week. They got officially eliminated uh, from from that chance to tie for the title when Ohio State uh, beat Illinois on Wednesday. I think that was Wednesday. Um, so, so that was over. Then you move on to the next thing, the Big Ten tournament. But what I love, and this is the point I want to make right now about college, is technically, in yesterday's game, Illinois had a lot to play for. I mean, their, their season's kind of on the line. They kind of called it yeah. a game seven. They even had special T-shirts, Carpe Diem. Right. Seize the day. Seize the day. They did. And no, they was, didn't. <laughs> they, they did not the shirts, no. but they didn't seize the <laughs> they day. They didn't seize the day. But for Wisconsin, <laughs> they really didn't have much to play for. They pretty much knew they were going to be in the 4-5 game Friday. Um, you know, talk about NCAA tournament seeding, but I don't think many coaches worry about that because it's kind of so up for grabs. But you didn't see Bo Ryan pulling Peyton Manning in the third quarter, you know, looking forward to the postseason. That's what I love about college athletics. No, they wanted to keep building on their season and continue to get better throughout that 40 minutes. And they, they put the pedal of metal against Illinois and, 
it might have been an expensive Illinois tournament berth when it's all said and done, but that's just an aspect of college sports I love because there wasn't a lot to play for yesterday, but Wisconsin still gave it 100%. Yeah, fun, fun time of year if you're a college basketball fan. You want to talk some college hoops? A-Train, Adam Hogan, the coach with you up until 11 o'clock. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10 888 our phone number. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Checking in on line number 14, it's caller Tucker checking in. Tucker! Hey, what's up, fellas? You know, How are you, I'm Tucker? A diehard, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm good, guys. I'm a diehard Illinois is your, fan. Is your mother, by the way, called Mother Tucker? Uh, as a matter of fact, yes. But, okay. but <laughs> only to her face, never behind her back. It's dangerous. <laughs> Just checking. Okay. Go well, ahead, Tucker. I'm, I didn't mean to interrupt your stream of consciousness. I'm a diehard Illinois fan, and this is the first game all year that I didn't watch from start to finish because luckily I had free tickets to the Chicago Wolves and got to see them play yesterday. Yeah, I had. I'm, I'm disgusted. I'm with Tucker. I had I had zero interest in watching that game. Yeah. I, I mean, I, oh, well, I know I had 100% interest in watching. It just happened to have tickets to a Wolves game. It's one of the most disappointing losses I could ever remember Illinois having. Demetri McCamey giving the shoulder to Bruce Weber uh, yeah. on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know what to think anymore. They played themselves out and uh, I'm in a situation where I'm thinking like Bruce Weber might be in trouble with his job security. Seriously. It's, it's interesting you say that because uh, the, that conversation came up in the media room after the game, just between the beat writers, the Illinois beat writers. They were, it, I guess some one of them had got an email from a fan about it. They were talking about it. I mean, it's not going to happen, but it, you're right in that it, that loss was that bad that it can kind of, it starts to bring up that conversation at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying it should happen, but that's how that's how bad it was. That people, are, Illinois fans, I know are like it, they're disgusted right now. It's, yeah. it's people Tucker, are up and up. I'm fascinated, Tucker, why you thought this was a, such a big game. I, I forget your term you used, but you called it one of the most disappointing performance. As an Illinois fan, I don't think I bleed the Illini orange like you do, but I did go to Illinois and I root for the Fighting Illini. I had pretty much disinterest in that game. Now, Big Ten tournament opener. I'll be watching my Cats play, and I'll be watching my Fighting Illini play. But I was more into watching East Tennessee take on Co- or Winthrop taking on Coastal Carolina and watching East Tennessee win the Sun Belt Conference and watching some of those smaller schools. The final regular season game between Wisconsin and Illinois, no Big Ten championship on the line. I had relative but the NCAA dis- tournament was on the line. Eh, they had to win the game. That's exactly what is on the line for this team. Uh-huh. Illinois has to win the Big Ten tournament now. That is that's how poorly they played yesterday. I agree with you. All there's all these other games that are so much more important, but all of a sudden Illinois' poor performance the previous five games has led them to this being a must-win, and then they lay an egg like that. This game should have meant nothing. You're right, coach, but all of a sudden it was their whole season was on the line, and they play like that. Well, and Tucker, I, I'll I'll take a step further. I mean, when they went down, I think they were down 16 with like 12 minutes left. That team had quit. I mean, they quit, and I turned over to someone and I said, I said. Look, this is not an NCAA tournament team right now. And then there's they got put to the line like ten times in a row, and they made some free throws, and they kind of the rest kind of actually put them back in the game. And then there's one bad thing happened. One bad thing happened with Dimitri McCamey. They were in the game. They're only down five, and the guy just like complete just completely melts down on the sideline, shoulder bumps his coach, and that's it. I mean, to have a meltdown like that in a game that you're still in with five and a half minutes left. If I if I was an Illinois fan, I would just be livid at what happened yesterday. Yeah. 
Okay, because guys, I, I didn't get to see the game, and I, I have to listen to two guys in the mic to actually find out what happened. Because I had an Illinois fan tell me that they were embarrassed, and like Illinois was like doing cheap fouls and like pushing people to the ground and just playing mm-hmm. real immature and bad. And yeah, well, I got if news that's for the you. case. I'm embarrassed, really. Yeah, win and or lose, you want your team to play with class. So I, yeah. you should be embarrassed with that kind of behavior. And uh, sadly, the number one recruit for next year. Who I'm not even going to mention by name, but there might be Why more not? of the same coming. Well, next year. Well, there's no wells about it. If, I've heard, yeah. If he does not change his behavior, based on previous behavior, and that's all you can go by. Okay, mm-hmm. you're going to see more uh, incidents like that with the fighting Illini, and that could become problematic. Heck of a basketball you, player, though. I don't care. To be when honest. you're when you're referring to Jeremy Richmond, I will say that some of that stuff has been like it snowballed, and some of it wasn't his fault though. Uh, like the whole you know what? Foul issues and hanging on you, the rim you last You know what? Year. Big dog like incident that. one, and then two, and then two A and two B, and the latest and against Deerfield was pretty 3D, embarrassing. The latest one, and I've heard from enough people. And again, I don't want to fire on a high school guy, but uh, you will have more problems starting next year. Okay, I, I that's exactly what I don't want to hear. That's <laughs> what I, don't I, I don't either, because I'm with you. But uh, what the heck? Uh, say hi to your mother for us, good old Mother Tucker. And as we had, so you, as we let you go here, Tucker, you think Illinois has to win the Big Ten championship? That's the only way they're getting in. At least two games in the wow. tournament. At least Seriously. two. Yeah. They have that's... to be playing on Sunday. At least, I think. And, and by it the way, depends on how many other of those like the of the smaller teams end up winning their championship. Mm-hmm. That really is important for uh, to see if they get it. But anyways, I, I love listening to the show, guys. Right. Take it easy. Beautiful. Thank you. Tucker, check it in. You can, too. By the way, uh, I don't know if you noticed or not, if you analyzed the brackets, Adam Hogue, but my yeah. Northwestern Wildcats. A very nice little bracket setup for the Wildcats. Game one, they have the Indiana Hoosiers. Who they just lost to. But that's good. So now they've got the revenge factor, and they're better than Indiana. I'd rather have them have just lost India. Well, yeah, they'll win that game. They yeah, win. so now we got a good chance to win that game, and everything's playing nicely now. Of the high seeds that you want to play, Purdue is the team you want to be playing. A Robbie Hummelis Purdue, a team at Boilermakers, they're already in the tournament. Maybe Northwestern beat this team, too, this year. There you go. Northwestern beats Purdue, and now uh, who do they have to be? Then they got to beat Michigan State. Right. Loss. Hopefully uh, with Raymond Morgan and Kalen Lucas getting injured, the Wildcats will advance to the championship game where Ohio State decides not to show up and rest their players for the actual tournament. A controversial move by Coach Thadmata and the Wildcats, by default, win the Big Ten tournament, and for the first time in NCAA history, the purple is in. That's very optimistic, Coach. <laughs> you sound like Dave Ennett. Yeah, you know, it's Monday. Talk to me on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. All right, what other, uh, any other college basketball you watched over the weekend? Any of the small schools catch you? Coastal Carolina? Uh, didn't catch as much as I wanted to. I wanted to see more of the Horizon tournament. Just mm-hmm. it's a really busy weekend for me. Usually I I I, I tune in a little bit more than I was able to this weekend. Murray State is in. They beat Moorhead State. Murray good to State. see Winthrop in. I'm. Yep. A, I always. I saw. I got a chance to see Winthrop play in person a couple of years ago, and that mm-hmm. was when they were uh, pretty decent. They had that those that two year stretch. I think they went in the tournament as a five seed one year, maybe. Uh, if I'm if I remember that right, anyway, they good won to see the, them back in the tournament. They won the Big South championship by take it back. They knocked off Coastal Carolina. Right. Winthrop is in, and I believe I marked it down right. The announcer said fifth time in the last six years the Winthrop is in the tournament. Yeah, I think last year was the first time they had made it a few years in a row. Then they didn't last year. Now they're back so in. They're, there. they're still a Cinderella, but they got that Cinderella act down pat. The Ivy League is the Cornell team, the Cornell Red Raiders. 
I'm not sure. The Red about- Storm, the Red Something of Cornell, they have uh, made the tournament once again. They're the top Ivy League school right now, so congrats to them. And the Red Something was actually uh, ranked earlier this year at one point. Top 25. Yeah, they may- they slipped in, and I think they lost their next game by like 30. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> they're in the tournament. If you want to catch some games tonight, uh, Adam Hogue, if you got a slow night, no uh, young females to take on after a busy weekend for you, Colonial Conference Championship, Old Dominion versus William & Mary. You don't want to miss that. Got Sienna taking on Fairfield tonight in the MEAC Conference. Sienna's a good team. Yeah. Uh, beat Ohio State last year in the tournament. Okay. Southern Conference, you got Wolford taking on Appalachian State. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you're thrilled about these. And in the West Coast Championship, it's Gonzaga taking on Portland or, or? Santa Clara. I'm not sure which team won last night. Oh, they, they started last night? I believe so. That's a weird time to start a conference yeah, what tournament. Can I say? That's what the paper said. But anyhow, you got more uh, March Madness, more dancing pretty much every day this week. Yeah. You're going to have games on. I love watching. I'll admit to you, I don't watch the full, you know, Wolford taking on Coastal Carolina, but I will set my DVR and catch the last five minutes. If it's close, I'll watch the last five, seven minutes of those games. Small gyms, crowds going wild, and there's no better celebrations. When those teams win and the fans come down, that's the best stuff to see. Yeah. Uh, although they've been doing it too much lately, and I don't want to get into an argument about this, but fans need to chill out sometimes and not rush well, the court. Well, you're right. You are right, but does that apply to a Wolford or an Appalachian State? I don't think – when people don't like that, I don't think they're talking about Appalachian State for the first time in eight years. No, that's fine. That's right. good. No, okay. that's good. I'm talking more like yes. like Indiana rushing the court yes. against Minnesota this yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if you were Indiana three years ago and someone was like, hey – uh, you're gonna lose a bunch of games, and then you're gonna beat Minnesota one, a bad Minnesota team, by the way. No, but go ahead, make your point. Not bad. Well, they're they're not very good. I yeah, make tournament. Pretty good. The Gophers. Pretty good. They're not an NCAA tournament team. They're a pretty good team. But continue okay. your point. Anyway, you're gonna beat Minnesota, and your fans are gonna be so excited. They're gonna rush the court. And by the way, that's gonna be your like your one of three Big Ten wins you get all year. Yeah. And they're gonna be, and and they would have said, well, what? That's embarrassing. We would never do anything like that. Yeah. But they did do it, and it was embarrassing. If Bobby Knight were coaching, then you told him that he'd do one of these. I'm sure he... You know how he pinches the yeah, nose and puts yeah. his head down? <laughs> and by the way, you only saw that if you were watching us on the webcam. Yeah. I'm not sure if we're on that camera. It could be over there. Quick. There's or it could be that. There's another camera over there. Nice. And I think there's one over there real quick, 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 quick. They could be looking at you. How many cameras, Dave? Three? Four? Oh, no. There's two. two. There's one That's over it. there. There's one there. And we one... gave away a camera over the week. By the way, are you aware the cameras are facing each other? So one camera could be spinning <laughs> on the other camera? Yeah. Wow. Do we have like two separate photographers, you think, that are on duty? I don't think either one of them are pointed at us, <laughs> by the way, either. They're both just looking at each other. Oh, that makes for good radio, folks. All right, uh, we've got to wrap up uh, today's show. We did not get into spring training baseball. Uh, real quick, though, Sox did play the Cubs. Sox 15 and the Cubs 3. Is it too early to panic for the Chicago Cub fans out there, Adam? Uh, no, never too early to panic. You should be very worried. Uh, the one thing you got out of that game was that Carlos Silva just won't be good. I mean, he just won't be. I still, it's still hard to criticize that trade. I mean, you got rid of Milton Bradley, you had to, and you had to take back some salary. You still gained nine million dollars out of it, but he's just bad. Mm-hmm. Carlos Silva is not going to be good. Uh, but the other Carlos that was the one that made Silva look bad, that would be Carlos Quinton. Mm. Looked pretty good. You can't put too much into him, but he's swinging the bat well, and as long as that foot's okay, that's a good sign for there, the there, South Side fans. There is definitely a scenario for those Chicago White Sox where they could be.
Pretty good team. Yeah, real good team. And I think, you know what, I think the Cubs can compete too. I don't think that they're a world, world championship team, but as bad as some of those teams in the National League are, I think that they can mm-hmm. maybe be a wild card. Yep. Yeah, pitching's going to be the big problem for the Cubs. And speaking of that, we'll end the show on a kind of sad sports note. Angel Guzman, pitcher for the Chicago Cubs. Good guy. And he's battled injuries throughout his career. This is supposed to be a breakout year for Angel Guzman. Chance of starting. If yeah. not else, maybe going to be a primary setup guy. Maybe a closer of the future for the Cubs. But a bright future ahead for this young kid. He had knee surgery two months ago. His brother got killed, shot and killed, I believe. Yeah. A month ago, or I'm getting mixed up, I think. The brother got killed two months ago. Something recently. He went yeah. through knee surgery a month ago. First couple of days of spring training, pain in the shoulder. Pain gets worse. They check it out. It's the worst case scenario. He's got to have major surgery on it. 90% of the guys that have this kind of surgery have not been able to come back. He is faced with the probable end of his career. And, uh, you know, there's a lot more people in the world I understand to feel sorry for. But it is, from an athletic standpoint, it's a sad story. Yeah, if you're talking about sports, uh, that's a tough situation. But more so, I mean, people, you lose your, your brother on top of it. It doesn't matter how much money yes. you make, what kind of person you are. That's yep. that's tough to go through at the same yeah. time as well. No question about it. Adam, we're going to get you back uh, in the near, near future. Great seeing you once again. Thanks for coming in. Happy to be here. Hope uh, hope I didn't do anything regrettable on camera. Not at all. Make sure you call in for the Big Ten Tournament. We want to talk to you Thursday, Friday. David Olson, great to have you back on shore. Uh, we will see you tomorrow on the TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic. Have a great day, everybody.